Sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Coming to you live and in color from uh, the great state of Tennessee, where my co-host and I, Aaron Porter, uh, are presently located. We are back from uh, the big trip, the latest big trip. Uh, we went hiking with six or seven other guys, went walking for an entire Jeez, week. Jeez, we were up to almost like 10 on some days, right? Yeah, we were, yeah. In some of the most beautiful countryside in the world, uh, in rural England, and it was glorious. Uh, the walking was glorious, but even better was the conversation. And Aaron, I got to tell you, I am so grateful for the way you helped to set up and structure the conversations, uh, help us to get deep into our own stories and deep into the gospel at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was it being with your brothers on the... I'm skipping over that part. <laughs> uh, but you were there with your twin brothers. It was their birthday. Yeah, you are yeah. child 10. They were child uh, seven. No, even... I'm... I'm child one. I am the well, oldest. Well, okay, sorry. Okay. They were <laughs> number one of ten. I'm the oldest. Okay. <laughs> that was I just saw like that was so offensive to call you yeah. child ten. Yeah, yeah. I get it. You're child yeah. what you are number one, Nate. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and they are numbers four and five. They arrived obviously on the same day, seven minutes apart. When I was still four years old. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, without obviously, this is our walk is in strictest confidence. Yeah. Just for you, you had not spent this, you know, away time for decades. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so just like overall, was it what you hoped it would be? It was, it was really, it's amazing you know, uh, first of all, how f- it's such a platitude, but how quickly time flies. And before you know it, a decade's gone, and then two, and then three. I left home at 17. Uh, I think when I was 20, we took uh, our last road trip together. The three of us got into my dad's uh, AMC Hornet in August <laughs> and drove from New York State to Tampa. I saw palm trees for the first time, dug our, saw the ocean for the first time. It was all very exciting. And, you know, and I'm sure we said we need to do this more. Oh, okay. But okay. Okay. You're skipping over a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because having watched you with these two men. Yeah. uh, I'm curious, like, what was the difference from that time? To uh-huh. now, was it like, oh, we're back to the same? We're the same guys. We're cruising across. <laughs> like, give give me that snippet. Well, first of all, all of us are older and conscious, uh, you know, well aware of the age. So I've had a heart attack. Dan's had a stroke. <laughs> Sam's crippled up with a bunch of stuff, right? So, uh, well, other we're, than we're, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You wish you, uh, you wish you were back at the palm trees with a hammock. Instead, you're hiking up mountains <laughs> in England. All right, I got it. You know, and and uh, but here's the thing: I heard stories, especially from Dan, that I'd never heard. We talked about the hard places that we had been in the intervening years. Uh, and, uh, you know, my family has not been the closest family. Uh, I've, you know, I've found, an, uh, you know, another family wherever we've lived and moved. Uh, so now to connect with, you know, these siblings of mine with whom I have a blood connection. And, um, you know, to talk over hard memories as well as good memories, uh, compare our stories. It was it was a real gift, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we were able to make it happen. I got to take them to England on their birthday, and uh, you know we got to walk together. But uh, as good as it was to be with them, it was great to be with them. I wasn't just with them; I was also with some other excellent guys. Uh, and 
I think my brothers enjoyed being with those guys as much or more as they enjoyed being with me. So it was yeah. a, a great oh, experience man. all this the way is, around. This is, we haven't, uh, I left right after England to uh, go on another adventure. So we mm-hmm. have not got to debrief, but I want to hear more about that. Not right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I really grieved. I wasn't ready to leave our group. Mm-hmm. So I have jumped into Samson meetings and had conversations with those guys uh, for the days uh-huh. before I left. I it's it's just been hours daily with yeah. them because it's amazing when you spend that kind of intimate time. It's like what yeah. you you expect me to just go home and not talk to you? We're gonna keep talking. <laughs> we have to keep talking. And they've, yeah. they've been very generous with their attention and affection. Oh, that's great. Now, you must have gotten hooked on the whole walking thing because I have not gone on another walk since I got home, but you have. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. I think this is a, a reality. Uh, we we have a friend of mine that I went to high school with sitting in the room right now. We have unplugged mm-hmm. her microphone, but not because uh, we don't want to hear from her. You'll hear a little bit in the next segment from her. But we went hiking with our children in the Smoky Mountains. I was a little worried because I was having some foot trouble. I had had some swollen feet and cankles uh, early on. Man, I was worried about you in England, man. You were a sight. It was was rough. So then we were going to walk some more on some more hills in the Smoky Mountains. Do you know what I think I realized it was? I Mm. loosened my my new shoes because these were shoes that were laced differently <laughs> no don't laugh yet i'm ashamed enough uh i think i laced them up so damn tight that i cut off all the circulation of my feet because oh. once i loosened them up we went on you know we only went on like four and five mile hikes but up some hills things that if there was a problem yeah. and i was fine after i loosened the shoes I think my entire sw- the other stuff was like bugs and whatever. I had lots of yeah. issues, uh, but we rocked it. But I think the swelling was because I laced my shoes up so tight <laughs> so they wouldn't rub and give me blisters. Oh my gosh! I thought you would enjoy hearing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because well, you were in uh, you were in obvious pain. It was miserable the condition you were in a couple of days there in England. Well, yeah. Every every night at dinner, everybody got to be grossed out by my. <laughs> Like Michelin man feet and ankles. Where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this again tomorrow. All right, let's do it again. <laughs> I was so thankful that for the day we ended our walk early. Oh my gosh. That was yeah. rough. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. But I had a great time with those guys. And I, honestly, I was emotionally so exhausted um, mm-hmm. with some of those conversations where I came back. I don't know how it is with you, but even when we've done other retreats where mm-hmm. we've done our own work, like yeah. we've really tried to do it, I don't actually know what it means for a little while. Like it takes the weeks and months afterwards that I'm thinking about it, I'm mulling over it. And so it really, as I came back and I thought about our conversation, like it, it takes saying it out loud but even then i don't know what it means mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's harder later mm-hmm. is, is that how it is for you or is this just me it's just you okay so anyways <laughs> uh we're gonna be back with our guest <laughs> no uh i hope you will have recovered uh sufficiently by the end of july that last weekend in july to to help provide the same kind of leadership you did in England when you and I go to Colorado for the 48 Hours of Frankness. Yeah. Are there any spots left for that adventure? As of this recording, there are two or three spots left. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the so these are for guys. If you're in New Mexico, if you're in Colorado, it's... I don't know. Where is it exactly? I don't know where it is. Do you know? I don't know where it is. We're going to fly to Albuquerque because Justin Schwind is there. And then we're yeah, going to drive and we're five gonna or go. six hours. We're going to go north. All right. So uh, if, I think. If I don't is, know. I'm confused is, by is, Western this geography. This is the worst 
way to advertise. We got a couple spots left for an unknown location over oh. on the side of Colorado near Albuquerque. If that makes sense to you, you're the person for this event. <laughs> the place is called South Fork, and we're staying at a oh. spectacular, like a lodge type place. Yeah, no, that's cool. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to do more work. So check that. Where can people check that out? Is it on the Samson website? I don't know. I don't have any idea. Dude, we're the worst it. people in the world to be talking <laughs> about this. If you hear this and you are interested in perhaps sneaking in at the last minute to get in on that 48 hours of frankness in Colorado, drop a quick line to pirate monk podcast at gmail.com. And, I and will we will forward it to, forward to somebody who has any information. Right. It'll be so much better than this. Good Lord. Right. That was rough. We got to move on. Let's move on. We've got a great guest. I'm we just do. embarrassed for us both. Not really. Cause I don't have that feeling, but if I were an embarrassed fellow, I would be embarrassed for us. both. All right. All right. Stick with us. Stick with us. We'll be back in a moment on the pirate monk podcast. Hey, I want to jump in for a minute to say a word about our sponsor. Yes, it's true. We now have a sponsor on the Pirate Monk Podcast, and it's none other than LifeWorks Counseling. If you attended the National Retreat, Samson Society's National Retreat last year, then you already know that Roan and Eva and Roe Hunter are special people. A husband and wife and son, all of them licensed therapists, more than therapists, certified sex addiction therapists. Uh, when it comes to recovery from addiction and from betrayal trauma, uh, these people really know the territory. They're Christians, of course. They're also Samson people. Uh, so whether you are interested in attending one of their intensives that they run periodically for Samson guys and for uh, Sarah Society, or whether you would like to connect with them virtually for individual therapy, for couples counseling, or here's another option. If what you're really looking for is a recovery coach, they can actually connect you to somebody, not a licensed therapist, but an experienced coach through their peer-to-peer -peer counseling program. Uh, to find out more, go to their website, lifeworks.ms uh, that ms stands for mississippi uh, that's where their three offices are located <laughs> but thanks to the magic of the world wide interweb they can help you no matter where you live that's lifeworks and their website again is lifeworks.ms And welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. What a joy it is to have a returning guest with us. Back by popular demand, Kathy Lertzel from the Allender Center. Not just a returning uh, guest, but a returning guest from so recently. I know. Uh, I feel very uh, popular, like the prom queen. And one that we like. <laughs> I mean, certain people, we don't like it all, but they come back. It's no, just we <laughs> like everybody. We like you Kathy the most. Is, is, Kathy is the co-founder of the Allender Center. I am. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So can we can we start with this? Because last time we talked about your garden, your husband, your dog, your children. Yep. Those are fun. But he, this is the obvious introduction. You're the co-founder of the Allender Institute. Is is your last name Allender? And I didn't like. Uh, it's your, your I know. middle name. It's not. Yeah, I met Dan 18 years ago quite on accident, but, um, but I, I was so drawn to what he was doing and, um, the way he was interacting with, with people's lives and God, I was drawn in. And so then I just, I stayed, oh. but I actually breaking news. I'm actually no longer with the honor center. What? What? Okay. I know. That, oh no. Tell us about the Lertzel Center. What's <laughs> happening? Oh yeah. No, um, you know, so Dan and I created the Allender Center. I was a student of his and then transferred into doing work and we created it together back in 2011. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had been running it for a long time. And, um, and then 
as is true for for most situations, there comes a time where it you're, it's um, it's time. Mm-hmm. And and so I my last day with the Allender Center was actually December thirty first of this past year, and I've been on my own for the last wow. couple of months. Okay, okay. Let me. I'm going to make this easier to talk about. Great, uh, Nate. When I first met him, had this idea that people walk together for seasons of life, and he mm-hmm. likened it mm-hmm. to walking on a path where you're hiking with people and you're with a group or an individual. Then you stop to take a rock out of your shoe or eat some uh, raw ramen that will expand in your stomach and make you feel better or far worse uh, later. And then other people come up. And it, I can say this because Nate and I talked about this where I was like, that's nice, but relationally that can be hard to make those transitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is a big transition. So how, but you guys are smarter than me and Nate, obviously. So talk about that transition. Like, how did you do it in a way that you felt like this is healthy? This is good. These are the natural transitions that Nate talked about when he's saying that Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, let me say it two ways. Um, One is, you know, Dan and I continue to be very close. We're, you know, potentially writing another book together. We still do conferences and, and, Mm -hmm hold each other in high, high regard. Um, he's a dear friend and mentor. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of my life, he will be hopefully in my life. Um, or at least maybe the rest of his. <laughs> oh, man. Don't finish that sentence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, here's the brutal thing. I, I uh, have you ever heard of Francis Weller? He wrote a book called um, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. If I say yes, will mm-hmm. you think better of me? For, for sure. I have yeah. absolutely loved that book since I was 13. Excellent. I'm so glad. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. So anyways, in his book, um, one of he has these premises of grief. And one of the premises is that everything you love will die. Mm-hmm. And I actually found that to be very, very helpful. And and uh, and something that I learned the hard way. And because I think when I started the Allender Center, you never start something, especially when you're young, thinking that my tenure there will end at some point. Mm-hmm. It's just not mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah, right, right. And and I don't think you create as lavishly if you're also creating a plan B for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I never created a plan B outside of the Allender Center. I gave, mm-hmm. I left everything on the field and okay. gave everything I had. Like, can we not rush past this? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge thing you just said. You can't create a plan B and be present. Like, talk more about that, that you know it's a reality, but you can't plan for it or expect it. You have to just be in the moment. Please say all of that in three different ways. <laughs> it's really important, it isn't is. it? It's huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and we're not prepared for it. Um mm-hmm. and so so yeah, I mean I I think when you part of why there's an exuberance to to youth and to to naivete is that you've you haven't suffered the loss mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of an organization, a marriage, a child like you you know, there's a sense mm-hmm. of you 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 have this fantasy that whatever you create is going to be your new family, your new thing, your new world. And, yeah. and you create lavishly and it's beautiful and you pour your soul into it, but no one wants to talk about the fact that there's, there are cycles. Okay. But mm-hmm. let me pause yeah. because words matter so much. Mm-hmm. And when I when I hear you say a new thing, that could be like a new hobby. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on acrylics and to learn how. Sure. But then you also use the word a new family, and that's different than hobby. It's that's different. relational. Yeah. These are my people, and that's harder. Yes. Oh my gosh, so hard. Yeah, and and I I mean I would say when when Dan and I created the Allender Center. Dan had created organizations before and he understood that, you know, you're signing up for death. Mm-hmm. He tried to tell me, mm-hmm. um, but I was, you know, in my twenties and thirties and I just thought as new entrepreneurs always do, it'll be different. This will mm-hmm. be different. We'll be able mm-hmm. to do it different this time. 
And, and so, you know, I, we didn't go into, out of a hobby, we went into this work at a calling and out of passion and out of a sense of this is something that the world needs. And, and we, for some reason have been gifted with a new set of, of language or a a new theory that we've developed called story work. Um, And, and we, we gave all of it, you know, Dan was, and, and I think because I was young, Dan was like, well, maybe we can do it differently. Like, maybe she can do it, you know? And I was like, I can do it. I could do it. <laughs> which, which, by the way, can we give props to him for uh-huh. taking on your exuberance uh, oh. and not at all thinking, well, but she's just a girl. Yes. Like yeah. embracing all of that and saying, okay, I'll run with your yep. passion on this. That's yes. pretty beautiful. It is beautiful. And it, and it was such a gift. And I had several people, including the president of the um, Seattle school, the former president, his name is Keith Anderson, who basically came to me and said, look, you know, if you had more, if, if you had um, like a longer runway, what mm-hmm. else could you do? And, and so I had these people who believed in me and, and believed that I, I, that there was something to my leadership, my capacity, my entrepreneurial spirit um, that was, that was so lovely. And I believed in myself, which is so good as well. And we created something incredible. Um, w- what I didn't know was that, um, there's a lot of heartache and debris that yeah. happens over years and years. I mean, I was at the school for 18 years and the Allender Center, we, we, we were there for over a decade working on it. Um, and and I was a young leader who made mistakes and, mm-hmm. and but my exuberance while it was amazing and built something that was almost unbuildable, you know, taking something as wild as Dan's crazy theories from the front and then creating an institution around it is very difficult to do. And, I, you know, and for some reason I was able to do that and, um, you, you make mistakes and some of those mistakes can be repaired and some of them couldn't. And mm-hmm. by the end, um, my, my season there, it was, we, we all really tried to find a way forward where I could grow while flying the plane. Um, mm-hmm. But turns out I, I, it was too fast. Like the, the organization was moving forward at a pace that needed different sort of leadership. I'm, I'm an mm-hmm. innovator I get bored if I stop mm-hmm. creating. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they were on this wild ride with me where I, I was creating at a breakneck pace and asking people to keep up with me, which was good and challenging and fun. And at some point, it the organization needed more stable, um, less innovative leadership. And, and mm-hmm. when you have a founder who's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly charismatic. I'm a big builder, a big dreamer. You can't transition with me in the room. All right. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that I'm about to ask, uh, we think you're great. We like you a lot. Uh-huh. Um, which means, I mean, this is all off the cuff as it always is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please feel free to answer these questions however it feels most comfortable. Sure. I'm hearing both. You're, you're honoring the work you did, which a mm-hmm. lot of people feel uncomfortable with that, like Ooh. it's self-aggrandizing, which mm-hmm. I don't think you are being at all. I love that you honor what you are a part of. I hear grief in, mm-hmm. in parts of what you have done. And, and that's like, those are, both of those are realities for most people. Yes. I also know that within churchianity, I have known folks who are great at planting churches, but they're told, if you don't stay for the rest of your life, then you're a shitty pastor. And so they stay, but they're shitty pastors. They're great at starting churches, and they should leave after five years, and then they crush people. (laughs) And there's no room for innovators who create something, raise people up, and step down. So I'm hearing a lot of stuff in what you're saying that is yes. so important for for people to have permission both to honor the good, mm-hmm. grieve things that they're like, okay, I'm learning this and this is hard for me to let go of. So hard. And to accept that yeah. I'm the kind of person that 
doesn't have to stay for 25 years at something that I am something else and lay the fuck off. Let me be me. All right. So that's all I'm saying. And I'll let you run with that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I, it, this is one of those things where I, I've trained leaders, you know, I've done lots of coaching leaders and we don't talk about the life cycle of leadership Mm -hmm. um, for different types of leaders. Right. And so we have this sense that if you're a good leader or, or good at something, you should then manage people and then you should go up and be, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's this trajectory where, you know, I, so I was, I was talking to Keith Anderson a a while ago and about what I should do with, you know, the Allender Center. It was clear that, that things weren't going well. It it was, and it was also in the middle of COVID in the middle of all of the the trauma that was going on. It was a really tough time to be a leader anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I had made some significant mistakes and, and he, he was like, well, Kathy, you know, you built this city, this, this, you know, and are you actually interested in being the mayor? (laughs) And he's like, you know, are you interested in the sewer systems and the, you know, the, the infrastructure and the city council and managing? He's like, do you actually love that work. Okay, what did you yeah. feel emotionally when he said that? Be- because I, I assume you thought I'm supposed to say, "Yes, I'll take it to the end. Sewer rats, <laughs> I'll get them out." Totally. Bad politicians, I, I, I'll put them in the sewer where the rats were. All that stuff. Right. Oh, come on, right? That is that's the that's the logical answer. And I, in my heart, I was like, "No. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that." And mm-hmm. I'm not good at that. And mm-hmm. and what they need out of a leader right now is so different than who I am. And, yes. and but you know, it was also heartbreaking because I love it. I love them. I love the organization. I love what we do together. I love the teams. I love the leadership. I love it all. And I was like, I can't believe I have to leave. Mm-hmm. When did you know you had to leave? What was it that made that decision? Um, I we were in process for a while, and um, the pres the new president Derek McNeil, who's also a stunning human being, um, basically, you know, we we all we were trying to work out a pathway for me to be able to stay an entrepreneur and an innovator and stay connected, and I think we all just realized it's not going to work. Hmm. There's too much debris. I'm too big of a presence. Um, what does what does debris mean? Yeah, I can't. I can't leave that vague. I mean, unless yeah, yeah. unless so, it's inappropriate to be specific. No, I mean there were. I made mis. I made leadership mistakes. I made um, mistakes on on um, like how uh, the the way I was pushing the staff. You know. W- I, there were just things that I had done, broken so, relationships. So what you mean mm-hmm. by debris is like, here's the me, but here's what I built. It's beautiful. Here are the me parts where that makes what I built complicated. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's no getting away. I mean, when you lead, you're going to make mistakes. Right. And I also don't think we have a ton of experience figuring out what it means for people to to make mistakes and then really repair or or continue mm-hmm. to to move forward and i think again we tried and but i had been there for so long i was so it, it was my baby mm-hmm. and I, you know so even if i was like you know letting go of the reins mm-hmm. i you know i'm still in a back room being like wait what are they doing you know what's going on like doing this thing yeah. you know yeah. slipping people papers underneath uh-huh. you know it's uh-huh. a mess yeah. and but i think even more than than what happened between me and the organization which there's there's beauty there's brokenness there's everything in between um more than anything what i came to recognize was i need I'll, I would stay forever. I'm so freaking loyal, and mm-hmm. you know it's something I built, and I and I and I love it, and I want to see it through. What I started to realize was I ha- I need a season of growth where I'm not in charge of you know 75 people, mm-hmm. where I'm not in charge of a budget of you know three million dollars, where I'm not trying to you know fundraise a million and a half dollars every year. Like I, there was something about the pressure of it 
that I was so inter- intertwined with that I couldn't really make that big leap in my own personal work, my own character work, my own work with my family. Like I couldn't do that while I was at the helm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the, there's a personal question and a general question. <laughs> I'll ask the general one, but we swear we're coming back to the personal one. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're swearing an oath. Swear the oath. That was a shrug. I'll take the shrug from Kathy. Nate shaking his head. I don't feel good about all of that, but all right, here's the general one. I want want oaths from everybody. Elena, can you give us an oath? (laughs) Okay. Elena. So the general question is, you just talked about how a sense of loyalty can be really detrimental to the individual who's loyal and not helpful to other people. I feel like that <laughs> is something that people need to hear a little bit more about that because how many people, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, Nate, how many people do we talk to that a sense of loyalty, which is such a beautiful thing, be loyal, right. mm-hmm. but then yeah. it ends up negatively affecting themselves and the people they're loyal to. So tell us a little more on that general, then we'll get to the personal side that we have sworn an oath to, to get back to, but give us that because that's, that's huge. It is huge. You know, what I would say is that there's, there's such a thing as false loyalty Mm -hmm. where we, we think we're being honorable, but we're really just scared of being alone. Yeah. Okay. And, and we're scared of the unknown, like how many in journeys and books, like, you know, the Odyssey, like people have to leave in order to go find something different. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that means you leave your marriages or your families, like, you know, there are things that we stay loyal to, but, but there is, there are concepts where we, we often, um, we become enmeshed, we become fused with, with organizations, with churches, with roles right mm-hmm. so like for Absolutely. me okay oh, well, oh, i mean you said marriages yeah. and that's that's a that can be a problematic thing if somebody is so convinced and i i don't care if somebody feels this i'm not saying change <laughs> your feeling but if somebody's only staying married because they're loyal they can right. miss out on all kinds of the growth even if they stay married they're not yes. growing in marriage because they're only there because well damn it, I can't leave anyways. That's quote loyal, but it's not really loyal. It's something else. Yeah. It's, it's death and it's detrimental and it's, and it's death without resurrection, you know? So it's, it's just kind of this, this pit Mm. that becomes gnarly and gross and doesn't bring anything good. It's death without resurrection. Okay. Go on. Preach it. Preach it, sister. <laughs> well, these are oh gosh, these are hard things, aren't they? Because mm-hmm. you know, but I think what what I what I hear in even in scripture, you know, I just did this sermon on the Beatitudes and attachment theory, which we don't need to get into. But the, you know, the idea of what, what does it mean? Yeah. I know, <laughs> what? I know, you guys, you can't, I can't just drop that. But I, I'm gonna, oh, Nate, I mean, pusher, Nate, pusher. <laughs> no, that's a that's a whole separate episode or maybe a series of episodes. Right. I have to hear about the Beatitudes through the lens of attachment theory. I have yes. to hear that. It's okay. it's it's fun. The point the point is that God actually calls us to emotional and spiritual maturity. And we can't do that if we haven't done our own work. Right. We're not able to love in the way we're meant to love. We're not able to attune to people, to grieve, to mourn, to um, experience the hunger and thirst mm-hmm. for righteousness. You're not going to be able to have any of those deep emotions if mm-hmm. you if you aren't tending to your own emotional world and and your your body and how you interact with the world. And so I think you know loyalty to me, real loyalty is is being committed to one another's growth. Mm-hmm. And and good and holy connection, right? Mm-hmm. And and when that veers into a sense of gosh, you know, I can't leave because my identity is to for me, my identity was the executive vice president of the Allender Center. The first time someone asked me after I I stepped out of that position, um, uh, they were like, you know, so what do you what do you do? And I and I started to answer the question that I've been answering for a decade that. 
and that's who I was. And mm. the first time someone asked me and I couldn't answer that, I just stared and tears just started to stream down my face. And I thought, oh shit, mm-hmm. I, my whole identity is wrapped up in this mm-hmm. and I can hardly breathe thinking about what it's going to mean for me to be without this. And to me, that showed me that I, I needed to, like, I, I, I couldn't stay, I, you know, and, mm. and they couldn't have me stay um, because I was, too, I was too intertwined. And that happens, by the way, for a lot of people who found things. That happens for yes. pastors who are founding pastors, mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. have been academia, their whole thing is professorship, they really shouldn't be teaching anymore. Like People will cling on to things that are no longer good for them or serving them because out of fear of, of what, who am I going to be if I, if I'm not this. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's terrifying. I, I love the idiom. If the horse is dead, you know, don't beat a dead horse. If the horse is dead, right. dismount. But that's so much harder than that cliche seems to imply. Well, mm. and, and, and I would say what I had to do was like the horse was still living and breathing oh, and I was no longer. That's it's, worse. Right? That's worse. It's so much worse. It's so much it's, worse. I have to like hand the horse over to someone else to ride. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And you and you had like a gecko that was handed to you. Ride the gecko. You're like, I, totally. how big will this gecko get? It's not as big as that. Well, no, it's more like this. Walk. No. Yeah. Like you're walking <laughs> you now. Gecko, you're alone. All right, I, I, I don't know. We're making this shit up as we go along. I know, right? Uh, all right. Here's, here's the personal question. You said this mm-hmm. happened in December and we are now in at the end of June. Yeah. Please tell us, how are you doing? How do you feel? I, you know, it. I have gone through deep grief, uh, a feeling of loss, of being lost, a feeling of like everyone's going to move on without mm-hmm. me and I'm just going to be out here alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, what What if, any, I mean, all of the things, right? The ins- I feel, I felt insecure. I felt, um, I've lost, you know, my voice and my sense of like, well, what, what am I, what am I doing? You know, and so Wait, all, is it, all is of it that. What am I doing or who am I? Which is the deeper oh, feeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think who am I without this, without them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know how to create businesses. I know how to how to. I mean, I know I was a CEO for a decade. Like I know how to I know how to do this from a business perspective, right? And I'm still incredibly passionate about the work. But to lose the community and to kind of have to pack my bags and leave the city gates and walk mm. out on this path. Um, has been one of the most excruciating, brutal, beautiful, life-giving, freeing things that I have ever done in my whole life. Mm. And I am deeply grateful for the fact that I wasn't allowed to stay. Um, And even though it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do, and so, I mean, lost relationships, like it's just, it's, it's brutal to see 18 years of work and and be like, and I, I remember sitting um, with all my notes. You know, I had like a, a thing of things for my office, and I'm sitting there with all of my notes and and the dreams and the passion for the Allender Center, all this stuff. And it's, I'm like sitting there, 18 years of work, and I'm staring at the the notes of from it, and I'm like, what it, what is it? Gosh, does this um, is this going to matter? Mm-hmm. Um, or the deeper question of like, is this going to matter for everyone else? And then. I'm just, am I now in exile? Am I alone? And, but what I've gotten to do is form friendships and, and partnerships and projects based on where I am right now as a 44 year old woman, instead of Mm. the 25 year old who showed up the doorstep at the Seattle school. Mm. And that has been profound. It's like leaving home and then having to Mm. figure out how to, you know, pay your water bill and, rents an apartment <laughs> you're like okay i guess i, I guess is, we'll figure this is, out is the new challenge in the new family uh starting to come into focus like what's next for me yeah yeah yes yeah you know in but i'm also real slow so you know i spent i spent a long time building something mm-hmm. and then running it and i found myself a little shy about wanting to put 
anything formal or build a team or build a new organization, I can mm-hmm. tell that I'm I'm nervous because it was hot. You know, I got my heart broken by by this organization, and I broke hearts too. So we're not. It's not just that it happened to me. Um, you know, and I now understand the sting of death within within the life cycle of an organization. And I think it's going to take a little while for me. So so what I've ended up doing is seeing clients one-on-one, which has been holy and beautiful work to slow my mm-hmm. body down, to do the rhythm of the in and out um, of seeing clients. I've been on the road traveling. I probably traveled more over the last five months and done more conferences on my own than I would normally. Um, and I'm getting to do these retreats. And so what I'm, what I'm doing is now leaning into even this, this next horizon of story work, which is where you're looking at your past harm and understanding how it's impacting your current life. But now I'm also adding in body work and rituals and ways to kind of even get beyond talking about it. Like, what does it mean to actually embody some of this work and these practices? And because I'm no longer connected to an organization, I can take huge risks. There's no board. There's no, you know, like I can I can say yes and no to like, you know, things on a whim. I, and, I, and I don't have to worry about, is the organization going to be okay if I say yes to too much? Like now I'm my CEO and every time I need a break and I feel like my boss is overworking with me, I have to have a conversation with myself. So yeah, so when you started, you talked about the 25 versus 44 year old. When you're 25, how good was it that you had that structure? But now you're talking about this time where you're like, okay, that structure is not serving me. I can serve that structure. It's not that it's not that the structure is bad. You could still structure and be in it. But now you're talking about this is, this is good. Mm-hmm. But you also talked about, I felt the sting of death. Yeah. Which goes to two places. One, you, you have to have that to have the resurrection, which I feel like yep. you're talking about. And then you've mm-hmm. got the churchianity point of, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? So I don't know. Are you not being very Christian right now? Fix probably put, not put those two together. <laughs> fix, I know. fix that for us, right? No, I think I think the whole thing is that you know you actually are. Um, gosh, I don't. I, I, it's not that I don't trust people who don't understand the reality of death and loss, but I do think there's something. Um, deeper and reverent that happens in your soul when you understand the cost Mm. of doing anything. You know, I mean, you don't have to look far to understand, you know, if you're married for long enough, you you understand the ache of being married and still feeling lonely or knowing that there's been betrayal or heartache, you know, parenting kids like breaks your heart every single day because Mm -hmm. you're just, you're up they, they they put a mirror up to you to say, look, you know, here are all the ways that you haven't quite healed yet, mom. I'm going to show you all of it, right? I mean, it, it's like there is something about about death and suffering that is built into the 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 rhythm of life. But if you can if you can bear it, then and move through it with honor and dignity and grief. And, and don't try to sidestep it or or not feel it. If you can actually feel it, then it, it actually becomes less scary to take huge risks because now you understand there's a cost, but I can also, I can live through this. Like I just survived my worst nightmare and, and, and the loss of tremendously important relationships and, and, and a calling and, you know, and, and I now can sit in my beautiful office in the middle of Seattle on a summer afternoon and and feel quite settled, knowing not knowing what comes next fully, but knowing that like there is something to a resurrection that doesn't happen out of magic. It happens because of perseverance and the mm. willingness to experience death. So is that where we miss when we just talk about resurrection as in, oh, I'm saved. When I die, I will be resurrected. And yet we were created to have a whole lot of little resurrections. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've come to believe. And and I think that's what we do in story work because so often people want to skip over all the hard parts. 
We yes. want to skip over the hard parts of what happened to us in the past, what are happening to us right now. We just want the quick fix so that we can feel happy and better and not have to feel all the hard things. And and what we do in story work is is kind of calculated a calculated way of descending people in to being held while they come face to face with death, with suffering, with with sorrow. Um, but their their faces are held, their bodies are held, their stories are held in a way that they can face the unfaceable. You know, they, people work so hard to keep themselves separate from suffering and sorrow. And mm-hmm. when you actually release yourself into it and realize it's not going to kill me, it's not going to swallow me up, especially when I have someone else with me in my story, you know, you're, you're then able to face what you haven't been willing to face. And you're spending so much energy to try to keep yourself away from it. It's mm-hmm. like finally mm-hmm. allowing yourself the, to connect to the magnet of your own life. Mm-hmm. And you're like, thank God, you know, this is awful. Mm-hmm. And now here I am. And this is everything I feared, but I'm not alone and I'm going to be okay. And now I can learn how to face it and move through it so that I can come out the other side. Nate, what are you thinking right now? Well, I'm thinking she has just described the journey of recovery so uh, uh, clearly and beautifully. Mm. You know, running from life's sorrows, life pains, life disappointments, our own shame, our own failure, distracting ourselves, numbing, medicating ourselves with some substance or activity, and in the process, injuring ourselves and others, creating even more problems. And, uh, and then finding a community with mm-hmm. other survivors, uh, people who uh, have been to hell and back and are willing to go there with us. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what recovery is. And and this is why I'm so grateful that, for the contribution that you and Dan have made to, to the conversation, the new language around story work. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking about story work when I got started in recovery 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Any more than they were talking about trauma. Right. And you guys were such pioneers in opening the door to that conversation and, and uh, you know, easing us into the difficult conversations. It's a beautiful thing. Helena, do you have any thoughts or questions? You can ask anything you want because you're sitting here. I mean, you're listening. Our listeners this. don't. Our, our listeners they, are wondering who's Elena. Well, because we'll do the pre chunk of the show before they'll know her. It'll be great. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. okay. Do, you have, do you have any thoughts or questions? You don't have to, but I mean, you've just been a part of this unscripted conversation. No, Kathy, I just, uh, as a principal and administrator, this is so true what you're talking about um, in education as well. This whole journey, mm-hmm. I completely identify with what you're talking about. My word. That's this yeah. is this is hard and deep. This is not the conversation once again we we're planning on having. Uh but better, it's better, always better. Better than what we well, thought we were gonna my have. Plans always suck. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, give me a mic and you know, I can I can go. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Kathy, do 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 remind the listeners for those of us. Uh, for those of our listeners who who want to connect with you for one reason or another, is there a way for them to do it? And if so, how? Yeah. So you can go to my website, kathylorzell.com. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, although I just don't post very often because I just, I don't know, I mm-hmm. have an ambivalent relationship, but it's at kathy.lorzell. Um, and all of my offerings and the work that I'm doing with, again, with lots of different colleagues. So I'm doing a lot of work with um uh, Tracy Johnson, Heather Stringer, Christy Bauman, uh, Carrie wow. Garcia, and Adam Young. Um, and wow. so we're, 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 we're having a great time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wonderful. Yep. All right. Well, listeners, stay with us. Thank you so much, Kathy. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be back in a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome back to the Pirate Bunk Podcast. I just, I love when Kathy's on. It's great. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, there is something so, <laughs> so wonderful about talking with a person who is that open, that genuine, and that in tune with uh, with their own emotions and, and have the gift to communicate what they're feeling. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate it. And I hope that we can get her out to some retreat in the future where guys can enjoy processing through some story work with her. You know, I, I'm, it's uh, wonderful that we had this conversation now. In a couple of days, I'll be meeting for lunch with the pastor of the church that Allie and I just joined. He's been there for, I think, 12 years, just done a beautiful job of building that church. And uh, Allie called uh, on the last day that you and I were in England. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was crying when I answered the phone. So my first thought was, who died? Uh, and then she told me kind of through sobs that uh, Paul— uh, it had been announced that morning that Paul is taking a position with the denomination believe in the church. Mm. So, um, you know, here we are once again face-to-face with this issue of transition and change. And I'm just a little wiser and a little better prepared for the conversation I'll have with Paul on Friday because of this one we just had with Kathy. And I think that's going to be the same. I think our listeners are going to find lots of practical application for what we've heard today. And I I wasn't kidding when I brought up the conversation that we had. I always thought that conversation was, or conversations we talked about a lot of times, was one of the most frustrating things you would talk about. Because it's Mm -hmm. not that it's unrealistic. It's true. You Mm -hmm. walk with people for a certain time. You stop to take the rocks out of your shoes. They go ahead and you pick (laughs) something. I'm like, ah, it's true. And it's not that it's glib, but it's emotionally hard. It is. But it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. And even the last few years, like doing that in my own life, like pausing to be present Mm -hmm. with the people that are in my life and let go of certain ideas and fantasies of people that aren't. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's hard for me. I'm sentimental. Sentimentality like sucks with this. (laughs) <laughs> right always and forever we say to each other mm. well okay. there's there's stuff to unpack with this i think we should talk yeah. about it more we don't have time today but yeah. hey i want to hear what people are are thinking with this because i know we all deal with or most of us deal with this i mean some of you are bastards who don't care about anything but the rest of us care about <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding any bastards out there i didn't mean to hurt your feelings uh, this is something we deal with as humans. So yeah. write to us at Pirate Monk Podcast at, at gmail.com. You see that? Yeah. I actually yeah. I gave it this time. I'm starting to remember what the email address is. Oh, that's good. It's good. So send us your thoughts, your questions. Uh, but but I'd really like to hear about your transition stories. I find these transitions hard. Mm. And I'd mm. I'd like to hear what you've experienced, the, the good stuff, the hard stuff. Give it to us. Well, that's it for this episode. Until next time, I'm Nate. I'm Aaron. And we are your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com.